Welcome back to season two of What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. As you surely know by now, there's a broad spectrum of what constitutes the left. And what gets left out of lots of contemporary discussions along that spectrum are viewpoints supporting communism. Enter this week's guest, Jamie Peck. (laughs) Jamie is certainly no red diaper baby, hailing from the tawny, alienated suburbs of Hartford, Connecticut. But the ruinous wake of 2008 and the advent of Occupy led an NYC party girl to seek out answers from some ultras. exhausted as the fuck but who have I caught well I've caught someone transitioning from their goth girl summer to I don't know what do we want to call what you what you do in the fall hot goth autumn hot okay all right I was I wanted something that alliterated a little bit more but that's fine hot (laughs) a hot goth autumn we are here with Jamie Peck you have seen her writing before in a number of different uh, publications. You have seen her lovely face uh, on such places as The Majority Report. Uh, You've also heard her on the Antifada uh, podcast. She also has a new podcast, Everyone Loves Communism. She's just kind of, you know, one of one of the great lasses of the left. So thank you. Uh, I'm like punch drunk, so I this is I'm so I'm just gonna apologize to Jamie right now. Uh, but we are we're really excited to be sitting down with you to uh, hear your story because you are you have a big profile, um, and I would argue you have a you know a big um, uh, imprint uh, influence uh, among you know uh, millennials, Gen Z that maybe had their first foray into uh, left. This politics, you know, facilitated by, you know, social media. Um, So uh, with that as the stage, I would love to be able to understand, like, how you got here, like how you came to be. Um, And uh, yeah, is that okay? Sure. Super. All right. You you grew up in the Northeast, yes? Yeah, I'm from West Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Do you like like wasp land? Um. Wasps and, and Jews, decent okay. number of Jews. I mean, my family is Jewish, but okay. yeah, like that's a pretty, it's a pretty white area, let's just say. <laughs> yes. Uh, did you grow up like, so I just, I, this is just top of mind because I just spoke to him, but did you grow up like a waspy Jew, like, like Corey <laughs> Robin? I mean, look, um, if you ask my parents, they'll probably give you a different answer. What would your parents say? Um, well, I think the the primary cultural identity that my parents would have is that they are hippies or oh. they, they used to be hippies mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of became yuppies. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, they're going to be so mad if they hear me. <laughs> my mom's going to be like, I'm not a fucking yuppie. But they, <laughs> but they were lawyers, like sure. professional managerial, yeah. upper middle class, 
style upbringing gotcha. that I had uh-huh. in the suburbs uh-huh. in West Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Were uh, you were you one? Are you the only child? Are you one I, of a couple? I'm the only one. Whoa. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm oh, a weirdo, right. and I'm. I also had no friends, so I'm. A what do you mean you had no friends? Yeah, I got bullied a lot in school. For what? Being a fucking nerd. What do you know? No, bullied like <laughs> like <laughs> like. I don't yeah, know. it was hard. it was all. My mom pulled me out of public school. <gasps> it was that bad. I was getting bullied so badly, oh, no. and sent me to this like weird little nerdy private school on top of a mountain for oh. like specializing in science and okay. math and technology funnily uh, okay. enough okay. <laughs> uh did not grow up to be a tech person no but i went to that school for a few years and i really liked it and then i went to uh prep school called kingswood oxford mm-hmm. from seventh grade through 12th and i really hated every second of it why um again was not a good fit socially w- really the prep school <laughs> I mean, fucking look at me. What, what does that mean? I'm looking. What, why wouldn't do I, you do well in prep school? Do I do I look like a, a preppy person to you? No, but that doesn't mean you weren't a preppy person back then. Uh, no, no, I wasn't. I was the only goth in my prep school, and I oh. was very lonely. You're OGG. You're OG goth. I mean, I guess if you count the '90s, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you count starting in the late '90s. <laughs> Then, yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. You've sped head a little bit, so I want to rewind. Okay. You were the only child. Did you have, a, did you grow up with a lot of family around you? No. Okay. You- I grew up a very uh, typically atomized suburbanite. Okay. No, not a ton of family <laughs> coming in and out. You had no siblings. It was no. like you and your thoughts yeah, and pretty much. your toys. Yeah, my thoughts, my toys. Okay. My cats. You're, oh, do you grow up with pets? I hung out with my cats a lot. Okay. okay. <laughs> One in particular, you can see a picture of on the mantle there. Oh. He was the prince of cats. Pr- oh, the prince. He was a great cat. Yeah. <laughs> How many cats did you have? Um, three for most of my childhood. R- three? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, Pugsley's coming out. She normally hides when there's strangers over here. Hi, Pugsley. This is very special. Either that or she just really wants me to feed her. Oh, just joking. Are you hungry? Meow once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you, did your, did your parents, did your uh, hippie turned yuppie parents, did they, did they bring you up like very religious? No. You, I would say my mom wanted me, like I'm talking about how atomized I was. My mom really wanted me to have some kind of community. Uh-huh. And for that reason, she was like, oh, maybe we should get into Judaism a little bit. Oh. And like, but even like my parents, very like hippie, uh-huh. uh, humanistic Judaism group was like too much religion for me. Also, <laughs> the, the Hebrew school that they sent me to on the weekends, I was like, I don't want it. Why? Um, cause I was just like a little Richard Dawkins when I was a kid. Like I, I don't was know what that means. Just like a militant atheist and Ooh. I did not want to learn about religion at all. Yeah. Not and- even like if you had like a, a, when there was a bitch in time to be had in Hebrew school. There wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also I, I had just had other shit that I wanted to do okay. on the weekends. Like what? Um, I don't know, like fucking anything else. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I didn't have that much going on, but you know, but read, that was definitely not books, your shit. Do homework, okay. watch TV. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Just not that. And like, I felt a lot of pressure from my dad too, because he was more of a traditionalist when it came to uh, religion. Like, like, what do you mean when you say that? Like, he was really mad that I didn't have a bat mitzvah. 
oh you op- you elected to not yeah like you just i don't yeah well i stopped going to hebrew school they couldn't make me go anymore uh-huh. and then uh my dad's like, you know, it's not too late. You could take some like catch up classes or whatever. I was like, no. no okay. And also, I'm really glad I didn't because it would have been like, besides the fact that I'm not into religion, it would have been the worst fucking day of my life because I had no friends in seventh grade. Oh, oh, oh had, so you wouldn't have had the And audience. they have those la- those lavish, you know, like I went to a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they invite the whole grade. Yeah. Their parents show off how much money they have. Right. I would have ended up like giving someone a blowjob behind a dumpster. <laughs> Shut up. Like, I just know that's you're what would have happened. You're so dramatic. First of all, okay, but that doesn't make sense because you said you didn't have any friends, but you were invited to well, a bunch of Well, that's how them. you make friends. So people knew you made, okay. Well, no, you... they invite the whole grade. That's oh, okay. why I the was whole invited class. to stuff. Okay, I see what you're that's saying. That's the only reason. Like, there was one, actually, where I, like, called my mom crying because no one wanted to hang out with me, and she came to get me. Oh, okay. So they weren't, all, you didn't always have, like, a great time at these no. shindigs. Okay. No, why would I? Why would I have a great time from the horrible children I, with the horrible children I went to school with? <laughs> God. That doesn't that sound so painful. I'm making myself sound really pathetic. No, no, but that, I just wonder, like, why do you, were you, was it that you were, was it that you were, like, bashful? Was it that your parents didn't really, like, de- develop in you, like, you know, kind of, like, social skills? So you kind of, it took you a while to get that, and that hurt your ability to, like, generate the connections as a, a little one? You know what I mean? I mean, a lot, kids are just mean a lot uh, of the time. Does, like, kids. Does, give me an example of how kids, kids would are be mean. mean. They, they pick one kid who uh-huh. sticks out for whatever reason uh-huh. and they fucking bully them. Okay. So. And you, and that was just too much. And that was me. Okay. okay. I mean, my, if you ask my mom, she'll say it's cause I was so much smarter than everyone else, okay. but that's not something that I can say. Why wouldn't, but no, I was kind that. of a teacher's pet. Let's oh, just say that. Okay. okay. Not that that justifies the treatment that you got from your peers, but okay. And you know, like I was, I wasn't into sports. Like I was really bad at physical activities mm-hmm. and like, I was always the slowest one in gym class. <laughs> and like, I would be like reading a book at recess, you know, Oh, okay. or like playing make believe with my one friend. I had one friend in elementary school. Uh-huh. We hung out. Um, but yeah, in seventh grade, I had no fucking friends. I mean, I was just like a weirdo. Yeah, okay. And it wasn't a good, it wasn't a very uh, welcoming environment for a creative little goth girl like gotcha. myself who was into, you know, um, books and... Your studies. Music, okay. cool music. And, you know, everyone was just like a basic bitch who listened to the Spice Girls, which <laughs> I think the Spice Girls are cool now. Uh-huh. But like at the time, that uh-huh. was like what the girls who bullied me were into. Kids used to call me Marilyn Manson, actually. No. Which was was really, your hair dark? Which was so mean. Growing up? I mean, yeah, it's okay. naturally dark. Uh-huh. And I would dress kind of goth, but that's still like a mean thing to call a little girl. Sure. No, no, no. That's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, was, it was mean. It was, And it was intended to hurt me. Mm, the thing. I see. I see. I Did mean, Marilyn Manson himself was sitting on top of the world at that point But in that's time. still not nice to but call a, a little girl Marilyn. Manson. i mean yeah yeah that's no. not cool okay i mean look i don't i don't have you been to prep school no the fuck chil- no i've never the been children to prep there are just take my word for it they're no, not i know good. kids who went to they're prep not, school i didn't go they're not good i mean 
Oh, their parents are rich assholes mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be like, oh, this school, we're sending you here because you're smart and we want you to get a good education. But actually, guess what? You were said it, the reality is they're sending their kids there because they're rich mm-hmm. and they and want they can <laughs> and they can. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the kids are like assholes like their parents. Mm. And I think honestly, that was maybe one of the first experiences I had where I was like, maybe rich people are bad. Did you not consider yourself rich growing up? Um, no, I definitely figured it out after a little while. I mean, if you, nobody in America thinks that they're rich. Everybody thinks that they're middle class, yeah, right? Yeah. But like, I was probably one of the less rich kids in my prep school. Tell me what you mean by that. Because both of my parents, well, both of my parents worked. Okay. And they weren't. They were both lawyers, but they worked for the state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. They didn't have like fancy white sh- corporate white law firm. jobs. Uh-huh. And then my parents got divorced mm-hmm. and money was a little tight for me and my mom after that. I see. So, I mean, like a lot of people, I think uh, your class, your, I mean, it's class, as we know, is not an income level. It is a social relation. Correct. But in the colloquial sense, yes. your class can change from year to year, from time to time. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check my privilege and say I come <laughs> from the PMC, from the upper middle class. Okay. And, you know, if my family wants to argue with me, that's fine. Okay. Well, what, what, <laughs> what was your, what, how old were you when your parents got, they split? I was in eighth grade. What was so? What was the before and after difference in terms of the material, the material nature of your life? Like, um, well, let's see. I mean, I grew up in a cute little house. Contrary to popular belief, because there's some fucking weirdos. Like, I don't know if you've seen this. Mm-mm. There's some fucking weirdos like circulating a photo of a manch of a giant house in the same town that my dad lives in, uh-huh. and saying that I grew up there. Oh, which no, is I haven't fucking seen that hilarious and ridiculous and i'm not gonna like pull in elizabeth warren and like post the house that i actually grew up in because like it's always gonna be a mansion to someone yeah sure but i grew up in a very cute uh two-bedroom house Uh in west hartford in the white picket fence suburbs Mm -hmm. it was very perfectly nice Mm -hmm. but not a mansion sure and then we moved to farmington for about a year to the slightly fancier suburbs Mm -hmm. And lived in a slightly bigger house. Mm-hmm. And then my parents split up and my mom and I moved to an apartment in a two-family house back in uh, West Hartford. I see. And I lived there from eighth grade through the end of high school, uh-huh. which again was a fine place to live. Yeah. But not um, like the, not, not the, the diamond and jewel encrusted palace that my haters seemed to think <laughs> that I lived in. Sure, sure. Um. But, but up until okay so up until the divorce you you had you figured out did you ah, explain again what you which how you conceived of your class standing and maybe you didn't think of it as such but like did you think that like for for most kids in my area you know they more or less most, most kids more or less live like me or were you keenly aware that like oh no, no no like there are some people that have it way better than me and there are some people who have it way worse or like what like how yeah. how do you think you conceive that's, of that's a very good question um <clears throat> i mean i think where i grew up was fairly uniform mm-hmm. in that there were not a lot of poor neighborhoods in mm-hmm. west hartford okay. however you know you go one town over to hartford mm-hmm. and there's um incredible urban blight there yeah um like, were you aware of that though growing up 
I mean, I'm trying to think about it. When I, by the time I was a teenager, I certainly was. Okay. And like, I remember there was like a whole big thing because this is so stupid. For a while, we had no movie theater in our in our <laughs> town, mm-hmm. and we you'd have to drive to like Berlin or East Hartford or something mm-hmm. to go to the movies. And then they opened up a theater in Hartford. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, great. We can go to the movies way closer to my house yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And like some kids in my school, their parents wouldn't let them go there because it was in Hartford. Oh, like it was in the bad neighborhood. Yeah, bad like area. are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's the movie theater. Calm down. And it was yeah. not even in one of the, na- one of the I don't know. Pro- the problem plagued parts of Hartford, mm-hmm. which there there are. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think when when was this? When did I figure this out? I don't know. These are good questions for me to ponder, though, because I'm working on a book right now too ah. about how I had ca- how I came to have the politics that I have right now, yeah, 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 and the sort of experiences and the historical events that mm-hmm. had an impact on me. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh and we're gonna get there okay. yeah all right so like but you do you, so definitely do you, by high school i figured out that i was one of the halves at post the post your parents splitting up you figured out that you were one of the halves i mean i figured out that i was less well off than the other kids in my school sure but still better off than most kids around the world but how did you how <laughs> did you figure that out or how did you come to know that I don't know. Just experiencing the world, I guess. What do you mean when you say that? Give me an, like give reading, me an example. Reading the newspaper. Okay. Um, did I travel? I mean, not really. Well, I guess I like, we would like go to Hartford sometimes for like volunteering mm-hmm. sometimes. And I would be like, oh, this is what it, this is where the underprivileged kids are. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like a mix <laughs> of like, kind of like an intellectual understanding through like reading the newspaper and I don't know if there was if they were covering a war torn country and seeing the condition of those children and seeing your own and like, oh I don't have to go through that. Like I have a very, very I'll use the B word, a very boring suburban, like yeah. not not super dicey existence. And also like when you encountered it, when you would go do some civic volunteering and yeah. And you know, if anything, I knew I was in private school. Mm. So did you, did you have a keen understanding that that meant like actual like money coming directly out of your parents' pockets? I mean, yeah, I think so. And I felt bad for hating it so much and like wanting to leave. I mean, I, I wanted to go to either public school, which was like, about the same as a private school where sure, I come from, sure. or to this like school for artsy kids, mm-hmm. this other school. But you wanted like, to go back to public school, even though you had a bad experience there in elementary. Yeah, I mean, this is what my mom says now when she, when I'm like, "Why did you make me go to this horrible school?" She's like, "Well, I wasn't going to send you back with the same kids who bullied you sure, before." Sure, sure. She's like, "That was a tough call." And then the artsy kids school that I wanted to go to, mm-hmm. she was like, "Well." a lot of those kids have like drug problems and shit. And you're like, that's actually why I want to be there. (laughs) And I mean, it's true, but I've always been drawn to people like that. And that's like not going to change no matter which school I go to. Uh, Why do you think you were always drawn to people? I don't know. Yes, you do. People who are more interesting and exciting than me. Ah, okay. Then, then, and and highly sensitive people like sensitive, creative, interesting, artistic people. Because that is, 
when you juxtapose that to the community you came from, that's completely different? Or that was something you were denied? I mean, there were, there were plenty of, I mean, there were kids like that in the community I came from, I guess, if you can call it a community in mm. the suburbs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they weren't at my school, though. Okay. Okay. For the, mo- for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was kind of like in the group of theater losers, but even like... Among- Why are we using such harsh pejorative terms I mean, about look, past Jamie? It's just a fact. We don't have... No, that's... No, like, come I, on. I even got bullied by the other theater kids. You bullied how like you got into a sing-off like they were and like just kind of mean to me sometimes why about what i don't know kids are mean but like you couldn't re- you couldn't remember your lines like and so I'm, i was like i'm glad you find it so hard to believe that anyone would bully me yeah, or anybody i don't get i'm just i mean i intellectually i have an understanding <laughs> of bullying but i guess i, I just kids are mean okay kids God. are horrible i mean maybe that's changing somewhat i feel like awareness of bullying has kind of become more widespread sure awareness but i'm sure that the i mean i'm but this is how like kids act out their own like yeah their own shit yeah so i mean maybe they're just jealous i don't know (laughs) you're all just jealous of me (laughs) oh dear okay um interesting Did, did you growing up did you have a sense of like your parents politic or ideology um yeah i i did i mean they were both boomers mm hmm and, you know, they came from the hippie generation. You I, understood your parents to have had a hippie past. Yeah. Is it because they always fucking romanticized it and talked about it? Like, you're like, oh, do I have to hear I'm about this I'm not sure where I got it from. Huh. I mean, a lot of it probably came from pop culture. But my mom told me a little bit uh-huh. about it, too. And I really looked up to her uh-huh. in particular. And she, you know, talked about the marches mm-hmm. against the Vietnam War. Mm. She did some marches with the Black Panthers. Oh, whoa. She did some cool shit. Where and, is she from? Um, she-, she is from all over. She was born in Bethesda, Maryland. Ah. My grandpa Posner was a professor. So they moved around uh-huh. quite a bit. Uh-huh. Um, he's like a real American american dream story himself oh, well. he just grew up super super poor like in the jewish ghetto of newark and mm-hmm. then became this great patriarch at a time when we had a little more class mobility That's at right. least for some people sure sure um, i think my mom probably considered herself a radical mm-hmm. at some point and Even growing while during your upbringing or prior not during to my upbringing uh-huh. <clears throat> i would say she's more sort of a sock dem left liberal now which is like Probably a best case scenario for a boomer, mm-hmm. I want to say, mm-hmm. unless you're just like a red diaper baby, sure. in which case, you know, good for you. Right. More power to you. Because mm-hmm. um, there are some old heads out there. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah. So and then I got into like I was still in high school when the Iraq war started. Yeah. And um, I think it was the summer after high school because I was still living at home. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to this big march in uh, D.C. Mm-hmm. And my mom wouldn't let me go because she thought it wasn't safe really? for me to go on the bus, you know, with all these strange men, I guess, <laughs> as an 18-year-old. So I went to the march in Hartford okay. instead with Food Not Bombs. I was volunteering with Food Not Bombs mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, that was fun. There's actually a picture I can show you mm. that one of my old Food Not Bombs friends sent me. Yeah. Of little Jamie in a fucking CBGB t-shirt that yes. I bought at Hot Topic. 
and a stud belt that I bought on St. Mark's Place Fashions. at an Iraq war protest with my little notebook. Yes. Taking notes. Yes. And I do not remember doing that <laughs> at all. I mean, I don't remember the note. I don't know what I was taking notes for. Uh-huh. I mean, I remember going. But I'm like, that's me. That's just me. That's you encapsulated for posterity. Oh. <laughs> Pugsley is being so cute right now. Hi, Pugsley. <laughs> Pugsley's like, mm, I'm going to nap. Hopefully this stranger doesn't get too rowdy up in my spot. Mm-hmm. I promise. It I is really weird. She's getting so much braver. <laughs> is she shy? She's usually She usually hides when people come over. Oh, really? Yeah. The whole time? Yeah. Oh, I come in peace, Pugsley. Yeah. You know, we're good. She's chilling feel my vibe (laughs) so but growing up though did your did like in the language you have now or in the scheme in the schematic you have now how would you have described your mother's politics while you were growing up just like while i was growing up um liberal okay liberal progressive i didn't really know there was anything to the left of that okay and at the time i mean post 9 11 was a very conservative time Mm -hmm. in mainstream american culture especially in a school like the one i went to Mm -hmm. which was a little conservative Mm -hmm. and full of rich people sure um so like just even to be against the war Mm -hmm. even to be against the iraq war and the patriot act was considered like kind of out there you were against both in high school yeah okay you understood the gravity of the patriot act in high school i think so i mean i i had a little debate in my poli sci class Mm. where i was debating the patriot act with this other kid Mm -hmm. and of course i was against it and he was i don't know if he was actually for it or if he just took the pro side but Mm -hmm. like his argument i remember this was like well you know all of the concerning um parts of it they have sunsets in them anyway and so it's not something we really need to be concerned about in the long term. Mm-hmm. And like fucking 20 years later, <laughs> that's right. I'm like in your face, Brian. <laughs> like turns out, turns that's, out I was right. That's right. I told you, <laughs> you little shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. What, how would you have described your father's politics? I don't know. I mean, he's a or lib. Or how did you understand it? Sorry, at the time. Mm-hmm. He's a lib, I guess. Okay. I didn't have, I wasn't as close as my dad as I was with my mom. Sure. So I didn't think about his politics as much or talk to him as much mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you, but were the, were the conversation, like were your parents, uh, were your parents or your mother primarily like, were they very political? Did they try and instill a sense of uh, kind of like a, like a civic duty but of a political nature at home like you know at dinner when you know we're talking like are we watching the news together are we talking kind of about the news of the day are they probing you for your opinions and da 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 a little bit Mm -hmm. a little bit um I remember them saying like we're democrats because we care about poor people okay and Republicans, they don't care about poor people. They think that everyone should be on their own and, you know, left to die in the streets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, that makes sense. Okay. I guess I'm a Democrat, too. Okay. And that's and that's kind of how you made sense of things. Like, it was very simple binary. Like, Democrats care about the poor. I think I do, too. Republicans do not. So, fuck those guys. Yeah. Okay. It was just very simple. Yeah. And, like, I hated yeah. George W. Bush. Like, of course. Everybody obviously. did. Yeah. Like, I think I wrote a little punk song about him mm-hmm. back when I used to be a little singer-songwriter. Okay. It was super cute. Do you remember what you what the lyrics were? Oh, God. Don't make me. Yes. Don't make me sing. Of course I will. That's don't okay. make me sing Go ahead. Sing tune up the song. old, tune up oh, the old no. song box. Me, 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 me. Go Maybe ahead. later. Okay. All right. <laughs> She's like, absolutely not. <laughs> you can get the fuck on, lady. 
Um, okay. Um, so did you, and do you, because ah, I think we were around the same age. Do you have, do you remember what, how you were conceptualizing like the, the run up and the beginning to the Iraq war? Like, were you like scared? Were you mortified? Were you confused? Were you, was it just kind of like, um, I don't know, I guess this I mean, thing is happening. I remember cause we, you know, we just did our 20th anniversary episode on nine yeah. Um, so I, remembered this very recently when 9-11 happened I remember I guess yeah I was in high school Mm -hmm. and I remember being really really scared about what our country was gonna do Mm. as a result Uh and I was right like obviously um yeah I was scared it was really it felt like i was taking crazy pills everyone around me seemed to either not care the rich kids or, at the at yeah the they either seemed to not care or uh-huh. be in favor of it uh-huh. um but i did have some friends from food not bombs who were obviously you know trying to stop it sure and you know i had i think it was a pretty formative experience for me being part of you know millions of people who were protesting against the war yeah that's right and it Guess what? It didn't do shit. No, it absolutely it did, did not, not do shit. <laughs> not make one iota of a difference. And people so, were in the streets all over the world. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember that very clearly. So <laughs> after that, like, can you blame us for just, like, wanting to party for a few years? Yeah, that's right. Like, fuck, whatever. Because that's kind of what I did after yeah. when I got to college. Okay. So, okay, when you when it was time... Ah, two questions. What got you into Food Not Bombs? Like, what was the what was the impetus to, to getting you to join? Mm-hmm. Slash, like, how did they come in your life? I imagine nobody's tabling food, not bombs outside of prep schools. But no. maybe I'm wrong. No, they are not. Um, just like the cool older kids who hung out at the coffee shop in West Hartford Center. who oh, were kind of okay. like alternative. Oh, okay. I was friends with some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they did food, not bombs. So oh, I was okay. like, I'm going to do food, not bombs, too. OK. But in, <clears throat> in your idea about joining was what? Was it just that it's cool and I want to be cool like these older people or like I want to I want to have a positive effect or what? Like Yeah, I was like, I want to, you know, I want to have some friends, first of all, mm-hmm. and I want to feed people who are hungry. OK, I don't think I had that much of an ideological sure. reasoning at the time. I think the anarchists who did food up bombs were not did not do a very good job explaining their politics to me Mm -hmm. so i was just kind of like i thought that part was kind of dumb the anarchism yeah i thought that part was kind of dumb but still cool okay and you know i've always i oh my god she's being so cute ever since i was a kid i i had an interest in volunteering Mm -hmm. like i wanted i had a drive to make the world a better place Mm -hmm. um i hadn't figured out yet how to do it Mm -hmm. in the way that I think I figured it out now. Not that I've got it all figured out, but nobody does. Like I always wanted to help. Mm, Okay. And this was your first foray into like being a part of an organization that like maybe your parents didn't push you in to be able to help. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, when it was time for you to leave for college, like were was that like the familial expectation that you go? Absolutely. Okay. I had finally started having like a little bit of fun mm-hmm. in Connecticut because mm-hmm. I had this band with, you know, some some people who didn't go to my school mm. and I had some cool friends who didn't go to my school mm-hmm. and, you know, we would sometimes go into the city for shows mm-hmm. and like 
sometimes my band would play shows and I was like, oh, maybe I should keep going with the band. Maybe I should take like a In gap. lieu of college. Maybe I should take like a gap year. Oh, okay. And my mom was like, well, you're not going to live here. Oh. And I was like, all right, I'm going to college. Just well. kidding. And I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Okay. Like I had like a little sad girl advent calendar in the back of my journal. What do you mean a sad I, girl advent like, calendar? I counted down the days until I could move to New York City. Seriously? For like over a year yeah whoa okay so yeah. it's just like so, i am ready yeah i was like it's time to get the fuck out of here okay and i'm gonna find my tribe i'm okay. gonna find my people in new york city Wait, and i'm gonna when, live this bohemian lifestyle okay in college yeah okay i was like i'm gonna throw parties and i'm gonna throw i'm gonna dj and have goth fun and like a hot <laughs> boyfriend and lots of friends and i'm gonna be a writer uh-huh. and like all of those things have come true so okay. that's pretty cool okay right on <laughs> did your were your parents pressuring you into one direction or another in terms of your studies when you left school? i mean yeah not at first because mm-hmm. you know the i guess the whole ivy league is probably like this they want your four-year undergraduate college to be like a broad, well-rounded liberal arts education. Sure. And then if you want to learn actual employable skills, <laughs> you have to go to grad school. That's right. So for a little while, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an English major because, mm-hmm. you know, I was always a big reader. Mm-hmm. I was always a writer. I used to write poetry mm-hmm. and short stories in mm-hmm. addition to like, you know, essays and whenever I had to write for school and sure. for, the, for the school paper. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sounds like it would be easy and fun for me. Mm-hmm. So I studied English, okay. English literature and art history. Where'd you go to school? I went to Columbia. Okay. Because that was the best school in New York that I got into. If yeah. I hadn't gotten into Columbia, I would have gone to NYU. Okay. Or somewhere else in New York. But you wanted to be in New York. Yeah. Not Miami, like, not Chicago, not Houston, New York. Yeah. Like okay. I started coming into the city to visit my camp friends when I was in high school. Because um, I actually had friends camp. at like summer arts camp. Gotcha. And because like I'm a, I'm a pathological extrovert. Like oh. I need a lot of social interaction to be mm-hmm. happy. Sure. I need a lot of affection. Sure. You can ask my friends. You can ask any of my boyfriends. Like, <laughs> there's pretty much no limit to the amount that I want. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe on some level, that's me like making up for lost time. I was going to ask you that. Uh-huh. But like, I try to create like a, a little family and a community okay. Okay. everywhere I go. Uh-huh. Um, and you so. wanted to go to New York because your summer camp friends were there. And when you would visit mm-hmm. them, like you dug the vibe of the city. Yeah. You lo- okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I had a lot of romantic ideas in my head mm-hmm. about how I was going to live this artistic bohemian lifestyle mm-hmm. in new york what was the what was your what was your vision when you were le- like in that in that what do you call it sad girl advent countdown like what were your what were your f- describe the fantasies about this life that you wanted to live in new york i mean honestly the most important part of it was friends oh okay you wanted you wanted the you wanted the like ah uh, the fibrous community that you that you felt you lacked like growing yeah. up like just you know like i never to, had friends uh-huh. i wanted friends i yeah. wanted a little community uh-huh. and like did i i didn't even like the thought hadn't even crossed my mind that i could like be popular or have some kind of social status hmm. within a community i just wanted some friends, friends. okay all right interesting that that thought did not cross my mind until later uh-huh. when i actually had it sh- somehow had a shot at being cool uh-huh. and it turned me into a bitch for a while <laughs> like when i was writing for vice 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not there yet. Don't get okay. don't get funny. Okay. So we're in so you, but but no no no, you didn't answer my question. Like what was your concept other than the friends, was it that you're gonna have like fabulous cashmere scarves and big <laughs> glasses and you're gonna go to brunch, you know, three days a week and you know, fuck you know, smoke long cigarettes. Like what I mean, what was the fantasy? I mean, I had the fantasy. Uh I wanted to like find people to play music with. Okay. I wanted, like, as soon as I got to New York, I went to CBGB's, which was, of course, not that cool anymore no. in 2003. No. But I'm still glad that I went. Sure. I went a bunch. Because, sure. you know, I whatever I knew about New York, I knew from this, like, mythologized era of the sure. 60s and 70s. And earlier, like, the Beat Generation. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that happened at Columbia mm. but you know I was a little late if I wanted to be part of the beach generation. <laughs> yeah, just by a couple decades um, uh-huh. and I just I wanted to you know stay up all night talking about art and politics uh-huh. and books uh-huh. and like work around the clock writing poetry and mm. stories and music and like share them with each other and have parties and sal- fucking salons and like sure shows and throw parties of my own and like all the fun social shit that i hadn't gotten to do yet Mm -hmm. because i was surrounded by preppy assholes Mm. and like apparently everyone in my grade hung out together except for like a few people and i was one of them whoa but like it just wasn't like it wasn't even by by high school, kids stopped being like aggressively mean to me, mm-hmm. and it was more like we just didn't vibe. Gotcha. And we just kept our space. Like, you yeah, you do you over there. I mean, I had a few bullies. One of them was the first boy I ever hooked up with. Actually, bullied you? Yeah, he bullied me like, I, like he bullied me viciously because we were both taking classes at the upper school when we were in middle school. Uh-huh. So there was always a little bit of unsupervised time uh, before we got picked up mm-hmm. to go there and then to go back again. And he was, you'd think we might've been friends, yeah. but he was like a super popular, mm. super rich kid from this like really fancy family. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, me. Yeah. So he was just like really, really mean to me. Uh-huh. And, but, and, and whenever I tried to tell an adult, they'd be like, eh, he probably just has a crush on you. Which, oh yeah, that makes it so much better that it's mixed in with like weird sexual shit. <laughs> right, that's not confusing like, at that all. That doesn't make it okay. Sure. <laughs> and then like, yeah, eventually he bullied me into hooking up with him, I guess. He, well. You know, it's uh. It, it's a fucked up thing that happens. Okay. All right. This was this is high school though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. But you were but the, you were <laughs> you were reclaiming your time as it were <laughs> when you went to Columbia like yeah. I'm going to be in control because I'm going to I'm going to uh, proactively make, establish, nurture the friendships that I didn't that I that I didn't have the opportunity to do before leaving for school. I'm going to be the artist. I'm going to be the musician. I'm going to be the intellect. I'm going to be that bitch at Columbia. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and in New York, more so than Columbia. It was more about the the it was the city. It was a little. It was more about yeah. I just wanted to be here. Gotcha. Okay. And did you, okay, so what, so describe, so that was the fantasy, but like describe it when you got here. You Did you actually do exactly everything that you set out to do? And I mean, like, was it, did you do it with ease? Eventually I did. Okay. Um, I mean, Columbia was a little bit better than my prep school. In terms of? In that, 
you know, you had to be at least a little bit smart to get in um, and not just rich. Although most of the kids were also very rich. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Um, although, you know, there was a little more diversity because of scholarships and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I didn't have a ton. I had like a nice little crew okay. of people I would see socially. Like I wrote for the humor paper, the mm. Fed, and there were some like fun loving nerds who did that with me uh -huh. and then um i had a couple a, a couple few good friends who i would hang out with uh on the regs but um i was really interested in like exploring the city and going mm -hmm. to shows and parties like downtown and in brooklyn and i didn't have any columbia friends who wanted to do that with me really really yeah. to go to mm -hmm. who didn't want to party yeah i don't know huh. a lot of people did not leave campus weirdly enough really yeah oh but then i got a boyfriend mm -hmm. um who also was shitty to me mm. <laughs> but um this one actually wanted to be my boyfriend after a while god i'm making myself sound so sad i was sad i was really sad you were sad and you were still sad in new york yeah why i was sad i was lonely i mean i but you had the but you had I wanted, friends. I had I did have some friends. I was less sad than I had been. Okay. But I still But um, still not like happy. Yeah. Or like satisfied. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, like I I didn't think that I was really gonna stay friends with most of these people after college. Really? Yeah. Why? Because like we weren't like very it was not like a real deep friendship with okay. like the humor paper sure. kids. It was more like yeah, we're good together. We have some fun. But like, would we talk to each other about our problems? Not really. I see. Did you just start wiling the fuck out at Columbia? I mean, on some level, yes. On some level, no. Okay, like, tell me. What... I was very sheltered being from West Hartford. I was like definitely shocked at the amount of hard drugs that people were doing. At Columbia? Yeah. They weren't doing hard drugs at the prep school with all the rich kids? Well, I wasn't invited to those parties, so oh, I actually I don't know. I see, I see, I see. Okay. But if they were doing it, I didn't know about it. I see. And the people that I hung out with were just like punks and stoners. So mm -hmm. I would like So like weed, weed or like some liquor? I would smoke weed and drink like Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> that was how I that was how I decided to be bad in high school. Okay. But in Columbia, you were what we're doing, we're, we're boofing lines. We're well, it's, what? Well, it's funny. It's funny now because people know me as a fucking drug monster but at the time i was quite sheltered and uh -huh. quite against doing hard drugs Why? so when i saw people like doing coke uh -huh. or whatever i was like somewhat taken aback uh -huh. and i was like drugs are dangerous and bad mm. i was a little bit scared of them okay what then... when what changed that <laughs> um yeah it didn't take long actually <laughs> for me to come around on that uh -huh. um probably not not in the context of columbia like it took people who were like way cooler than columbia kids mm -hmm. to peer pressure me into doing <laughs> drugs like wait so you were peer pressured into it not it wasn't your own kind of just like independent in of you know i mean that too okay that, it was it was a combination of factors okay um, I mean, I was curious about them as well, sure. but, um, mainly, mainly from like the, the party scene, the club scene, what? Yeah. The downtown party scene. I mean, it was, I gotta say there were some, it was like the last gasp of Manhattan being cool back then, uh -huh. downtown Manhattan yeah. and yeah. like the first gasp of Brooklyn being cool. Uh -huh. And 
there were some good ass parties. I used to go to. Mi- I I like going to Miss Shapes because, it, oh, she's saying hi. Hi. Fuckslees, she never does this. Oh, you hello. are just a fucking cat whisperer. I. That's weird because I'm allergic <laughs> to cats. <Aww. laughs> but you know, Aww. they always know which people don't want to touch them. <laughs> oh, are you allergic? You said. Yeah. Oh no! I'm no, sorry. I'm not gonna die. It's okay, fine. great. I have a Benadryl if you need one. Oh, I always travel with Benadryl. Okay, we're good. Um, <laughs> thank you. Okay, great. What was I gonna say? Um, oh yeah, I actually like I like going to Mischief because it was easy to get to on the one nine train mm-hmm. from Columbia because mm-hmm. it took for fucking forever to get anywhere cool from there. Sure. Um, motherfucker, some really good parties. Is that is mother I'm motherfucker sorry. was a really good party and club was, or party it was a party okay okay and it moved around and it was cool because it brought together all different subcultures mm-hmm. you know it was like a strong lgbt element mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. of course a lot of drag queens oh, nice. and trans performers mm-hmm. of different varieties also goths punks mm-hmm. you know some college kids who wanted to go to a cool party sure um definitely had some really fun times there saw some cool bands mm-hmm. danced to a lot of electro clash you know aughts shit <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing this like on lots of drugs now well not a lot i don't mean it that, that sounded dramatic that's not how i meant it but you're but it, it is it is the, this is the the backdrop of you starting to i mean experiment i still with. didn't do a lot of drugs okay. i want to say um that didn't happen until after college. Oh, okay. Um, when I moved to Brooklyn. So you just, you were dabbling in yeah. school. Like the first time I ever did coke mm-hmm. was at, this is so, like not to date myself, but it was, um, it was at Happy Ending, this okay. bar, this club on Lower East Side that mm-hmm. was like really cool back then. <laughs> and it used to be a massage parlor. Mm. And it was the one year anniversary party for last night's party which was mm-hmm. this nightlife photography website. Like, oh, 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 yes. I think I'm familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, yes, like yes, the yes. guy who t- took the pictures was like trying to do like a black Andy Warhol thing. Mm-hmm. Like he always wore a wig and glasses. Mm. And he was, he just like, he was just one of those people who like comes to New York and wants to be a character and sure. makes himself into somebody. Sure. And in this case, he did it by showing up to cool parties mm-hmm. and making everyone look really cool and sexy in mm, pictures. Mm-hmm. So they kept on inviting him sure. to stuff. Yeah. And like he had a cool personality. Mm-hmm. I I liked him. He was nice. Okay. He was fun. Um did he give you your first bump? Well, no. This was okay. So this was at the one year anniversary party for last night's party. Yeah. And I was really feeling myself that night. Why? Because I was on the flyer okay. for the party that okay. was in Time Out, New York, uh-huh. as well as on the cake. The they cake. had a cake. Okay. Um, Your you know, face was on the cake? Yeah. Like oh. uh, he dressed me up like him. Oh. So like he put his wig on me mm-hmm. and some glasses mm-hmm. and took a picture of me reading last night's party magazine, like naked on the toilet. Okay. So that was like, you know, really peak peak 2003 shit, <laughs> 2004 shit right there. So like I was on the cake, like I start like hipsters of the downtown party scene literally ate my face that night <laughs> in the form of a cake. If that's not symbolic, yeah. I don't know what is. <laughs> and then like, okay, so my boyfriend who wasn't that much fun because there were like, there were like smart hipsters and dumb hipsters. Sure. 
I want to say. Sure. Like the smart hipsters were like uptown at Columbia mm-hmm. or like in Williamsburg, maybe mm-hmm. like listening to the dirty projectors, like judging everyone for their taste <laughs> in music. And, you know, I was like also kind of coming out of my shell as a sexual being. Mm-hmm. And they kind of they definitely looked down on me for that. I was also modeling for Suicide Girls at the oh. time and like, you know, showing my tits on last night's party. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I have a critique of that culture as well. Sure. But... You know, that wasn't for them to judge yeah, yeah, yeah. me for. And then there's like the dumb slutty hipsters that like party at misshapes and mm. like do drugs and like wear leotards and stuff. Sure. So that <laughs> there was like a real. Yeah. Remember that, you know, American apparel. Yeah. There's yeah, like yeah. a real dichotomy there. Uh-huh. Um, where was I going with this? So drugs. where was oh, the, the last night's party party. Yeah. yeah. So my boyfriend was definitely like a smart hipster. He's uh-huh. like a Columbia dude. Did, and you straddled the two of the like smart and the yeah, slutty? Or? I would say so. I okay. never really fit in with the smart ones though. Oh, I was, okay. Because they were judgy. I was much more at home among the dumb ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but they were fun. Yeah. There's like the fun ones. Sure. They, were, they weren't so uptight. Um, but like my college boyfriend like tried to turn me into his little indie rock fuck child. Like what does actually, that mean? This like, string of words. Me, he made me stop being goth because it was embarrassing to him because aesthetically uh yeah yeah he made me stop dressing in my little hot topic clothes uh-huh. which to be fair i it was probably time for me to like grow my st- myself up a little bit mm-hmm. stylistically and okay. become a mature goth woman but <laughs> he just wanted me to be like normal you know and cool like okay. him so like for and a it while, took cocaine for you to do that i was trying to not be goth no well i just want to finish this story okay so like he came out with me earlier in the night because there was also a gallery show. Mm-hmm. But then he went home because he's like, I have to do my homework or something. <laughs> and then I was at this party with some of our mutual friends mm-hmm. were there, um, mostly just strangers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was really feeling myself, as I said. That's right. You were on a cake. And like one of his friends was there mm-hmm. and his friend kept hitting on me. Your boyfriend's friend. Yeah. Ooh, that's a violation. Yeah. And uh, he's the one who gave me coke. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember me saying like, because I was also still like thought I was living in, in a fucking uh sense and sensibility like a fucking jane austen novel or something so i i told him i was like you may have a single chaste kiss and then you must go you must leave me jamie so we go in the bathroom no no no. i want you to we're gonna rewind and i want you to say it (laughs) as dramatically as i'm sure you said it that night because you were feeling it you were feeling yourself like i was already on coke (laughs) of course and i was like you may have a single chaste kiss and then you must go so we go in the bathroom to Stop. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. So we go to the bathroom and he like gives me some Coke and I like, you know, he like slobbers on me a little bit. I'm like, that's enough. Oh, you just, the picture that I have in my mind right now is just bringing me to life. Okay. <laughs> Jamie Jane Austen. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I really, like I thought that that's what I was doing. Like we all have lies we tell ourselves about ourselves, right? And mine was that I was in any way like, oh, you know, a, a classy young heroine yeah. <laughs> of, of a storybook. Who, who had her bare tits yeah. on a flyer for a party yeah. that hipsters were also yeah, eating I'm her like, face on a Yeah, I'm like, this is my cake. fucking Bildungsroman, you know? God bless. 
<laughs> did this night like unleash a monster? Did you did did you turn? Did you go from like dramatic baby goth to uh, no no sorry? Did you go from uh, uh, baby goth being um, bullied into being a proper woman goth by your boyfriend to just like? Did that like to just like a monster after that? Did you just turn into a savage no, like after that? Not night? really. Like I remember waking because okay, then I went back to I was, I mean I was certainly a monster that night. Sure. And I remember there was an open bar sponsored by Spedka, Ooh. and it was vodka and Red Bull was Ooh. the open Ooh. bar, Ooh. and I helped myself to quite a few of those. Of course, and then uh did some coke and Uh then went back to his house after the party was over knocked i was like banging on the door of his dorm room oh and i was like wake the fuck up and fuck me i your boyfriend's homie yeah no my no my boyfriend's house oh my boyfriend's dorm room oh where he lived with like a few other dudes yeah and i was like wake the fuck up and have sex with me because i'm hot right now (laughs) i look hot i feel hot and he was like not he was not that happy with me, but then he had sex with me anyway. I mean, of course. I mean, and he got into it. Um, mm-hmm. Where was I going with this? I was going somewhere. Oh, yeah. And then the next morning, I just like vomited like Red Bull vomit <laughs> for like a while. Ew. And I was like, man, cocaine must be really bad for you. I'm never doing that again. And then the Famous next last time, words. <laughs> uh, the next, well, the next time I went to a party, I didn't do any coke, okay. but I did still have Red Bull and vodka with the exact same results the next day. That's right. So maybe it was not the cocaine's fault after all. That that was the takeaway in your brain. Yeah. Just like, okay, this is an experiment, the natural experiment we ran, and I'm going to rethink my hypothesis yeah. about cocaine. But like, I still, like, I still had a good head on my shoulders and sure. I still had, you know, I needed to do well in school sure. so i wasn't gonna do drugs all the time no 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 uh i i, I tried to live a pretty balanced okay. lifestyle you know maybe party on the weekends and take a rest take a breather during the week sure. and make sure i got all my school work done were you during this time though were you so were you because of uh the level of investment you had in uh like your social life and like falling in love with new york city and you know becoming becoming this uh version of yourself that you that you um had kind of built up or idolized like was there any room for like politics or ideology in this or was it all just like i am a young apolitical gal taken on the city you know that's a good question i know because <laughs> i mean i <clears throat> i guess once i figured out what i wanted to do which was right i had like a vague idea that i wanted to do journalism for <laughs> For the greater good, but like really the shit I was most interested in was like music, mm-hmm. nightlife, culture, mm-hmm. parties. But I like I still I had liberal, pro- I had progressive politics, well, I would say. What would what constitute? Like I, I made some phone calls for Obama when he was running because he did a He did a good impression of a progressive. Yeah, if yeah, you weren't yeah. paying attention that That's closely and you were like 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that that was the thing to do mm-hmm. um like i might have gone do a, a demo here and there mm-hmm. but for the most part i was just interested in being a bohemian on the scene uh okay okay all right um and at the toward the end of school you said you'd already kind of started forming this idea of being a writer writing for the greater good um so like when you graduated by the time you graduated you absolutely knew like 
I'm going to go into journalism. Like you were clear on that or was, or did you kind of stumble into it or fall into it? Yeah. I mean, I was like, all right, I have to get a job doing something. Mm -hmm. It might as well be something that I like or at least don't hate. Mm -hmm. And for me, that thing was always writing. Okay. So I was like, I want to be a writer. What am I going to write about? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the shit that I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. which is music. Yeah culture nightlife art Mm -hmm. and like i've always done a bit of personal essay as well to the degree that i had anything to say Mm -hmm. having led a relatively sheltered life up until that point Uh um but yeah that was what i wanted to do my parents kind of ganged up on me and told me that i really should go to law school Mm. when i graduated college and this was like Kind of scary for me because my parents had been divorced for a really long time and sure. they didn't agree on anything ever. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that they like both took me out to lunch together Ooh. and were like, you need to go to law school. Uh-huh. Um, That's pressure. I was like, whoa, well, I'm not going to, but thanks for the vote of confidence, parents. <laughs> the, okay, but this is, you graduated. So this was around graduation time. They're trying to press you to go to law school. You're like, mm, fuck no, I'm good. But this this was around like the meltdown, yes? Around 2008? 2007, oh, two- I graduated. Okay, so this was r- right before. But So things yeah. didn't quite look so bleak and scary. But you were like, I'm going to stay I in mean, New York and start writing. Things weren't great to begin with in 2007, I don't think. Like, I had no clue how to get a job. Like You hadn't had any internships during school? I had internships, uh-huh. but none of, like, there was... They did not lead to jobs. They nowhere even close. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. So you were, did you, so did you feel, were you, did you feel anxious because you were yeah. adrift or you were not like. Yeah. I was just like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Mm. How the fuck am I going to survive in the world yeah. and become independent from my parents? Yeah. Because uh, I'm an adult now and this is what you have to do. Uh-huh. So what was I doing? I was, um. Trying to get some odd jobs. I was modeling for dudes with cameras that I met on Craigslist. Oh, nice. And modeling for Suicide Girls. Mm-hmm. I, is that a band? It's a website. Oh, what, it, what is it? a very Y2K era website. It's like basically like Playboy, but alternative. Oh, okay. It's very, very odds. Like, like odds, goth, alty, nudity. Yeah. Okay. All right, but yeah. not a band, just like a, a, a website. Yeah. Okay, okay. I would say it was like R-rated, maybe. Okay. Like there, it wasn't like a porn site. There's no sex on it. Mm-hmm. It was like just sexy naked pictures, of alternative women. Oh, okay. And it was an online community as well, and huh. I made some friends through that too. Oh, okay. And got to be popular. Oh, okay. Within that community, all right. Because you know. I was a suicide girl. Okay. And was, meaning you were... Me, you that were, was pretty cool for you me. Were, you were photographed frequently for that? Is that what that meant? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah. people started to get to know you and your naked body yeah. from that side. I got you. Okay, yeah, okay. and that was, that was fun for me. And I realized, like, besides it being fun, mm-hmm. and, you know, I guess I kind of wanted to, like, grow myself up a little. It mm-hmm. made me feel very worldly <laughs> um, to pose nude. Mm-hmm. Um I was like, oh, like this is something I could keep doing for money mm. 
and nothing bad will happen. Ooh. I can just do, I can show my tits for money and that's fine. So that's like one life skill that I acquired in college. <laughs> um, Thank you, mom and dad, for paying for me to go to Columbia so I could figure that out. That okay. and the Columbia <laughs> School of Bartending, which was like a student run thing. I learned how to bartend. Oh. So those were like the really the only two things that I picked up during my college years that served me at all well in terms of making money. Okay. So, so you so you were cobbling together a, a enough to live independently or quasi independently by no okay fuck no oh and if anybody (laughs) says they did this all on their own like i don't know any anyone in a creative field Mm -hmm. who's like i never had any help from my parents like nine out of ten times they're lying of course of course so I think it's important to be honest about this stuff yeah. because, uh, you know, people will drive themselves crazy trying to figure out what these other people have figured out yeah, that they haven't. Of course. And the answer is that they have rich parents. That's right. That's the secret. That's it. That's usually it. Yeah. So like, yeah, I was like barely scraping by with help from my parents mm-hmm. and like working at coffee shops, mm-hmm. working terrible shifts at bars. Mm-hmm. Never really managed to break into that industry. Really? Um. Yeah. No. Showing my tits for money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and writing, like my first paid writing gig was actually at the Suicide Girls Newswire. Oh, okay. And I started, um, my, my SG name was Hunter mm-hmm. after Hunter S. Thompson, who oh. was still alive when I chose that name. And he went to Columbia. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he did. Did he? Yeah. I can't believe I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he went to Columbia. I can't believe I didn't fucking know that. Uh. Um, I mean, it was... Kind of ironic later after he committed suicide that my name was Hunter Suicide. Whoa. um, I feel like he'd appreciate it though. Okay, probably. I feel like he'd appreciate the like a naked (laughs) porn model named herself Hunter Suicide. Maybe he's laughing somewhere from the afterlife. That's right. But my, yeah, my earlier writing was like a little derivative of Hunter S. Thompson. But like whose wasn't back in those days? Sure, sure, sure. And it was really cool Mm -hmm. to get to try this stuff out without using my real name because mm-hmm. like, you could be more free yeah okay be free and creative and develop this writerly persona mm-hmm. that was you know a combination of myself and you know it's like heightened version of myself okay all right so, did you also sorry i didn't ask this your parents didn't trip when did your parents know about the nude modeling um my mom did she didn't trip she was like supportive she tried to warn me that there were some creeps out there because gotcha. she had done some art modeling herself oh back in the day okay because you know we passed these tits down through the generations (laughs) going all the way back to the shtetl i guess shut up you're so (laughs) stupid (laughs) okay but your dad didn't know no god no he would have freaked god no yeah my mom knew like she was happy for me that I found a community she was like I tried to give you Judaism you didn't want it yeah so I'm glad you found something okay and you know and sg was a nice very nice very well moderated community i see like photographers you had nothing to fear from a suicide girls photographer because they were very heavily vetted ah okay okay so it was like it was safe like you you know you got to do your thing and it was like a controlled safe environment yeah i got you okay um so as you continued to write as as hunter suicide is that what led like did you kind of develop a you know like a you know that early kind of blogosphere following and that's that's what led to your first like official paid gig is is Um, that how that worked i don't think i really had a following outside of the site okay but i definitely got to develop my skills a little bit Mm -hmm. um 
because the only writing I'd really done before that was the Fed, the humor paper, and the Columbia Spectator. Mm-hmm. I would write about music and culture. Okay, and stuff. in undergrad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then how did I? I don't know. I started writing for the New York Press. Mm-hmm. Somehow, it did not pay very well. But it you was, don't remember how you got the gig? I don't remember. Okay, it just started happening. I, I mean, most of the things I've ever gotten have been through people that I knew. Sure. So of it was probably I like went to parties and I schmoozed, mm-hmm. and I found I met an editor and. Like, I, it was really good experience. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good pay, but, like, I still have some of my, still have some of my cover stories framed oh, on the wall. Oh, you wrote those? Yeah, some oh. of my earliest cover stories. Okay. Um, there's one missing because it fell off and broke. Oh, yeah. But um, that was super fun for me. Mm-hmm. And then I found a job about nine months after I graduated college, mm-hmm. a staff writer job mm-hmm. at a reference periodical um, reference writing biographies of notable individuals oh okay and that would have been a great job except for the fact that i had to be in the bronx at 8 30 in the morning Hi-ya. every day yeah and i was living mm. in south williamsburg at yeah. the time no so that sucked and that was like driving me insane because sure. i've always been a night person yeah, That's yeah just yeah. the way my circadian rhythms work yeah same. when i have to get up early it like i was going insane yeah from yeah. fucking sleep deprivation Ooh. and i was trying to be like an a nightlife reporter at the same time because I was doing the nightlife column for the New York press. It was called Bash Compactor. So I contributed to that a lot. Uh Um, And that job was kind of driving me crazy. Um, But I got myself fired from it like a year later. Mm, Because you just couldn't take it. Because, I mean... It's it's interesting the way that capitalism disciplines different types of people mm. within the working class mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the bottom tier of the working class, it's like, all right, you're just fucked. You're just going to fucking die mm-hmm. if you don't do this job. Right. Um, with the, the upper tiers of the working class, mm-hmm. like the professionals or whatever, the mm-hmm. white collar workforce, it's like, well... At least you're not a blue collar worker Mm -hmm, mm because that would be a lot harder and suck a lot more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on some level, probably true. Yeah. Um, But like I would really beat myself up. I didn't know who to be mad at. Mm. And I would I would just beat myself up about the fact that I was so miserable Mm. in this nine to five Mm -hmm. existence. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wow, I must be like a real like privileged piece of shit that Mm. I can't just just Tough do this thing that yeah. everybody else seems to do with no problem mm. little did i know that most people hate their fucking jobs yeah, yeah, and yeah. i was actually having a normal human reaction mm. to something very unnatural yeah. because humans are not meant to sit in a cubicle for eight hours no, a day no. under fluorescent lighting and be told what to do sure right but at the time i was like oh what's wrong with me mm. and like, that was just a difficult year yeah, yeah, it sucked. Uh, and I was, I wanted to fling myself on the fucking subway tracks in the morning. Oh, God. It's, it was work that was bad. And that's when I started doing a lot of drugs, by the way. To, to cope. Yeah. Oh, okay. On the weekends, I'd be like, I owe it to myself <laughs> to have as much fucking fun as I possibly can before I have to go back to that fucking place on Ooh, Monday. Did it ever get to a point that you, you got nervous for yourself? Not really. Okay. Like, I've always had like a safety mechanism that kicks in. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely a time I used to DJ at K&M bar. Mm-hmm. There was one time when I got a bloody nose in the bathroom <gasps> there and I was like, maybe I should not do so much Coke. Oh, I was like, dear. maybe I should cool it. This seems <laughs> like it's actually bad for me. Yeah, that's right. Oh dear. But, um, who was paying for it? Did you have, did other people paying for it? I you mean, just I did lived it? in a, I lived with six roommates okay. and I had 
disposable income because uh-huh. I, you know, I cut corners in other ways, I guess. But also, like, I was a hot young chick. Mm-hmm. Like, people would get me drugs. Sure, sure. That's time. not difficult. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. So when you when you left that, are you are ah the misery in that particular job where you were you know hoofing it to the Bronx every day? Were you starting to connect to that to something in at that moment? Were you starting to connect that to something bigger outside of yourself? Well, it's interesting you should ask that. Oh, I know. My <laughs> my politics were still not super developed at the time. Okay, and it was also uh a time when I really wanted to break into like the cool kids writing circles, which would have like, been vice. Was, oh, vice was the thing. Okay. And Gawker, I guess mm. this like really mean mm-hmm. style of, of writing mm-hmm. where like everyone sucks, but you know, mm-hmm. it's very, <laughs> it's very antisocial, yeah. very judgmental. And like, I, I really still bought into the myth of like the lone artistic genius mm. and like, started to be kind of a bitch to the people around me because all of a sudden I was like, I thought I was hot shit. When you got to Gawker. I mean, or Vice, sorry. uh, Yeah, so funny story. I mean, yeah, I was like going to cool parties. I was like making friends, starting to get a group of friends for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And start, you know, like for most people, the first time that they feel cool or have any kind of social status is in, um, you know, school mm, yeah. in grade school yeah. high school elementary school whatever yeah. and they try out what it feels like to be mean to other kids uh-huh. and if you're not a fucking sociopath you're like oh wait this feels bad yeah. and you like grow the fuck up yeah so for me that came a little later because <laughs> i was a late bloomer sure it came after college uh, so um funny story so i yeah like i hated this fucking job okay but i didn't really know who to be mad at yet mm. i was mad at myself i was kind of mad at the people around me mm-hmm. Because I'm like, ugh, this just sucks. I was mad at my boss. I was like... Oh, wait, why were you mad at the people around you? Because they seem to be handling it better than you? Yeah, and... probably. Okay, okay. Probably. Oh, and uh-huh. like, I don't know. I would just like make fun of them for being losers or okay. whatever. Okay, yep. Yeah, who the fuck was I? So then like... So, okay. So I was hanging out at this party of like really cool lesbians that okay. I wanted to be friends with. Okay. And um, I met this chick who was an editor at Vice. Mm-hmm. And... She was a web editor. And I was like, oh, my God, I would love to write for Vice. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Vice is so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was 2007, okay? Yeah. In my defense. That's what Vice you're right. They still, were still, like, pretty cool back then. Yeah, quite cool. Um, I don't make the cool rules. I just know them. <laughs> so uh, she was like, oh, yeah, you should write for me. And I was like, what do you want me to write about? And she's mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know. Like, we really don't want any of the usual subjects. So, like, all the usual stuff that I would write about was like not interesting enough for Vice. What were the usual things that you were writing about that know, wasn't like cool enough? Music, nightlife, okay. scenes and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but then I was telling her about my job and she's like, you should write about that. That's really interesting. Uh. So I wrote a blog post about my job. In the Bronx. For Vice. Uh-huh. That, of course, got me fired from my job. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Because you you weren't smart enough to, like, not smart. I don't mean to say it like that. I mean. Because you you used real life names and info and. I didn't use anyone's name, but I did have a picture of the magazine and I did put my real name on it. And I did have some 
not very nice descriptions of some people that I worked with, which I still feel bad about. But wait, were you, so did you do that? Did you approach it that way because you were trying to get fired? Or you were trying to make no. it as edgy and vicey as possible? I was trying to make it edgy and vicey. Oh, okay. And okay. funny okay. in the style of the day. I gotcha. And she edited it to make it even more like that. I And see. I think, honestly, I've thought a lot about why I fucking did this shit. Uh-huh. Besides the fact that I was just like 22 and yeah. kind of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like I think the, my brain was trying to protect itself because I needed to get out of there, but uh, I couldn't find another job because mm-hmm. it was 2009 at this point. And it was probably, it was a massacre. It was fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was self-preservation. I think my brain mm-hmm. was like, all right, I'm going to hide this very obvious information mm-hmm. from, myself Mm. so that i can do this thing that's gonna get me out of there Mm. and maybe into writing for advice i see uh so i did it Uh and like i got fucking fired Uh and like i shouldn't have been surprised at all i was like oh yeah oh duh (laughs) (laughs) whoops probably should have seen that one coming that's right that's right oh god and uh yeah i just like I didn't know. What, like, this is good because I'm writing. I actually wrote a chapter about this in my <laughs> book proposal that I'm working on right now. Uh-huh. Um, and what was this the style I was working with? It was like, all right, I'm like performatively unhinged. So I'm like crazy, but in a cool, hot way a little bit. That's how you would have described that yourself yeah, at that moment. Like I do drugs, which is also cool. Right. Um, but what was the unhinged part? Just like I'm clearly a little unhinged because I was having a quarter life crisis. Okay. I was fucking miserable. Uh I was hamming it up a little bit, but I really also did have this kind of self-loathing. Sure. It crept in because I didn't know who to be mad at Uh, again uh, for uh. the shit that was making me miserable. Uh So I was mad at myself Mm -hmm. and I was mad at the people, you know, my coworkers, like the people I should have been forming a union with. Yeah. I was kind of took it out on them a little bit and I bought into this you know very early aughts idea of like oh yeah I'm this cool hip writer chick Mm -hmm. and everyone around me is a loser Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna shit on people and like that wasn't who I want to that wasn't who I wanted to be then sure like I've always wanted to be a good person but I got a little distracted Boy, we left off here with the first of two firings from a job early in Jamie's career. This was before she met Sean, her ex-husband, and her life took a gradual turn towards the ultra-left. Tune in for part two to hear what that transition was like, including moving through things like her class reductionist phase. Part two is up right now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash what's left to do. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash what's left to do. If Patreon isn't your thing and you'd still like to support this work, you can go to what's left to do dot com slash support and send us a donation in the tip jar. Okay, see you over on Patreon for part two.